When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Tuesday, May 31st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, it's the last day of May, and the air conditioning is on. It's going to be a hot one this week, uh, but nobody is hotter right now at the plate than Jose Ramirez. Uh, he's he's what everybody's talking about after uh, last night's 7-3 Guardians victory over the Royals. Uh, right now, you just can't pitch to Jose Ramirez. He is, he's on fire, Joe. I mean, didn't have a great game Sunday in Detroit and comes back uh, Monday, uh, Monday evening in, in Cleveland and what hits a two run homer and drives in, drives in a run with his first in his first at bat, then hits a two run homer. Just, uh, you know, you look at the stats, uh, according to Elias, uh, just before the end of the month, he ranks he has 51 RBIs, the third most in Cleveland history. Manny uh, Ramirez had 63 in 99. Albert Bell had in 90, 1996 had 54. Then uh, you've got J-Ram. Yeah, it's a, it's an incredible pace. Uh, you know, you got to consider uh, Manny and, uh, and, and Albert probably started their seasons a week earlier than, uh, than Jose did this year because of the lockout and, and all that business. So uh, everything will even up by the by the end of September. We'll see what where he is in terms of the pace. There, uh, we were talking with the, with some guys last night about how how Manny's uh, pace in '99 was was ridiculous, and he was doing it without hitting. You know, he only had like nine home runs that year. Uh, he was doing it mostly with uh, with base hits for for RBIs. He was hitting something like 345 uh, by the end of May. So. Uh, you think about that, you compare it to what Jose is doing right now. And, and you also think about the idea of in both instances, when he drove in runs yesterday in the first inning with uh, a runner at second base and first base open. And, and in the fifth inning or fifth or sixth inning, uh, fifth inning with the, the two run Homer. And, and in both instances, Miles straw had tagged up from first base and advanced to second on uh, deep fly balls off the bat of a med Rosario. We'll get to a med Rosario in a second. Uh, in both cases, first base was open. In both cases, Mike Matheny said, ah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if he can get himself out. We'll pitch around him. We'll pitch carefully to him. Uh, not a great formula if you're an opposing manager right now. No, he, uh, especially if you're going to throw him inside, 
Joe. Fastball's inside, anything inside in his nitro zone, he's not going to miss it. He is, he's on fire. And uh, I just, uh, you know, watching the game at home from TV, on TV, you know, uh, the Valley Sports uh, broadcast, um, they showed, uh, you know, uh, Perez, Salvador Perez, looking into the dugout before the home run and kind of motioning, do you want us, Do you want me to walk him? You know, do you just intentionally walk him? This was, you know, before the homer. And and uh, Matheny said no, pitch to him, and he got burned. Three, uh, three players in baseball right now rank ahead of Ramirez in uh, Fangraph's war. Uh, I believe Manny Machado, uh, Mike Trout, and Mookie Betts. Uh, of those three, Machado has been intentionally walked four times, and Trout has been intentionally walked twice. Jose Ramirez has not been intentionally walked yet this year. I posed the question earlier this season when, uh, when uh, who was it? Uh, was it Joe Madden who did it? Uh, intentionally walking somebody with the bases loaded. Uh, we've seen that strategy employed with Barry Bonds in the in in the past. Buck Showalter did it. Uh, I said, you know, is it is it too out of the question to think that somewhere along the line somebody might uh, take their chances and intentionally walk Jose Ramirez with the bases loaded? And, and Tito seemed to think that that was a crazy idea. It's not so crazy right now the way he's swinging the bat. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it uh, it worked out for Madden eventually, right in that game. Right. Right. It came back and bit him right away and they ended up winning. But uh, yeah. And uh, but who knows, you know, managers are, you know, if, if, if Jose stays hot like this, you know, I'm, we could run across that situation, that but, very situation. But even the idea that Matheny was trying to employ last night of, you know, Hey, we're going to try and get ahead of him in the count and, and see if he'll get himself out right now, Jose Ramirez after the count goes to, 0-2, he's batting 354 after the count goes 0-2. He's batting 289 after the count goes 1 and 2. And he's got 14, uh, you know, 14 of his, his 50 RBIs after two strike counts. So he's he's very dangerous in those situations and in, in those splits uh that way. And then you look at it, he'll take the walk. His his uh yeah. 1.67 uh uh walk to strikeout rate. Uh, you know, he's he's walking every every uh, 1.67 at bats compared to uh, striking out. He's he's the hardest guy in the league to strike out, 7% strikeout rate. And, you know, he's got the most walk to, to strike out. So it, it, right now he's just in, he's locked in. He's seeing the ball real well. And uh, there's there's not much you can do to him. Yeah. And in terms of intentionally walking him, you know, you don't have really any, you know, <laughs> A, a really a red hot hitter hitting behind him, you know? So, uh, you know, I would think, you know, if, if he stays like this, you're going to see that more and more, you're going to see him get pitched around because remember, Joe, everybody was saying at the start of the year, you know, all they're going to do is pitch around Ramirez and, mm -hmm. and, and go from there. I mean, the opposition and so far, no one is pitching around Ramirez or if they're trying to, it's not working. Well, here's the here's the risk you run if you you pitch around him, you put him on base. Owen Miller uh, hitting behind him. Miller's 257 with runners in scoring position. So you know with Ramirez's ability to steal bases, he could be at second base. Ramir, uh, Miller hitting 257 uh, with runners in scoring position, and Naylor, if you get him in a clutch situation, especially late in the game, if you walk Ramirez and put him on base uh, after the seventh inning. 
Uh, Josh Naylor is slugging 828 and has 12 of his 25 uh, RBIs uh, after the seventh inning. So uh, you really take your life in your hands if you're going to put Jose Ramirez on base late in the game with Miller or Naylor at the plate because both of those guys have have shown the ability to hurt you. Yeah, and, and Jose is really smart when it comes to, you know, stealing a bag with maybe with two outs, getting himself in, in scoring position late in the game when, when they're, you know, they're down by a run or they, the game is tied, you know, he's, he's uh, he does a really good job of that. I think, what is he six or seven in stolen bases, six stolen bases out of seven attempts. Right. So he's, he's really effective that. And, and of those guys who are ahead of him in war, uh, you know, I, that I mentioned, you know, he's the only one who's really out there running and stealing uh, on, on a consistent basis. The, the rest of those guys are, are just trying to mash home runs and, and, and extra base hits, which he does, uh, you know, pretty much himself anyways. Uh, last night, uh, Zach Plesak. Uh, Zach Plesak walked into the uh, postgame press conference and he, he muttered under his breath something along the lines of, man, I needed that like I need oxygen. That, that that outing that he he gave last night, that six innings that he put up, uh, you know, he he gave up the the solo home run uh, to Emmanuel Rivera, uh, and and really that was that was it. He he was was lights out, uh, you know, good good defense behind him. Uh, you know, made the diving play in the the first inning at at first base to sort of uh, you know get the ball over to Owen Miller with uh, Benintendi running to first base. Uh, it was a, it was the kind of performance coming off a stinker in, uh, in Houston that, uh, Zach Plesak really needed. Yeah, definitely that. And, you know, Kansas city is kind of his team. He's had a lot of success against them, but yeah, that was just good to see him, you know, get deep into a game, Joe, or at least go six innings. And, you know, he pitched around a mistake by, uh, uh, our favorite rookie, uh, Oscar, Oscar Gonzalez. And, uh, you know, and especially like you said, coming off the the start against Kansas or uh, Houston when he gets gives up seven runs, nine hits, and four and two third innings. So that was that was a good sign. Yeah, if you look and, and we'll we'll get uh, we'll dive deep into this Oscar Gonzalez situation here in a second. But uh, when that error uh, occurred in the sixth inning, uh, you know it was at a point where things had been going so well for for Plesac and in his previous outings. That's where he ran into problems where he would get the first two outs of the inning and be cruising along. And then something had happened it, it, emotionally. He'd, he'd sort of put his hands on his hips. He, he, you know, sort of let that get to him. And then uh, the wheels would come off the cart and with two outs, he'd give up, you know, consecutive hits or, or, or walk a guy and, and the, the, the wheels would come off. Uh, that didn't happen after uh, Gonzalez's error he he struck out MJ Melendez, who who had had two hits in the game and and was was you know looks like a dangerous hitter for the for the Royals right now. Uh, he he sort of you know really buckled down, locked in, and Tito said in the post game he said he clutched up, and that's what uh, you know he did. And in the pregame, Tito said you know we're looking for him not to you know have those big emotions after after a, a mistake or a miscue. Or a, a you know he hits a batter with two outs or something like that. He, yeah. he really sort of locked in and and did his job, and that's why Tito wanted to get him out of there after the sixth inning. He said he wanted him to finish on a high note. Yeah, that was a great point. I uh, 
uh, that you make right there. Yeah, get him out while he's feeling uh, feeling good about himself. He still got the lead. He thought he was going to win the game, and uh, you know, so uh, you know that that was a, that was a good move on uh, Francona's part, and it was a great to see uh, you know Pleissack do that to pitch over that mistake by his teammate. You know, that's a sign of, that he's growing as a pitcher, and that's that's what you want to see. Yeah, he he really did pick Gonzalez up. All right, let, let's dig into Oscar here. Uh, Oscar had uh, a base hit early in the game. Uh, I believe his second at bat, he had a, a line drive to left field. And, you know, feel pretty good about himself. Makes uh, two really nice running catches to start that sixth inning. You know, he moves to his right to make a catch. Then he moves uh, hard to his left and crashes into the wall as he – as he gets the uh, the ball in the, in the deep corner on a ball off of the bat of Salvador Perez, everybody's cheering for him. So what's he do? He flips the ball up into the stands. Uh, Benintendi's on first, and and the only problem with that is uh, it's the second out, not the third out. Uh, Plesak said he didn't realize that it was a two-base uh, error when, when a fielder flips the ball into the stands unknowingly like that. Uh, I guess the, the official scoring terminology is a you can't charge a player with an error for a mental mistake unless that mental mistake leads to a physical uh chance for the runners to advance and specifically in the rule book it says such as a fielder flipping a ball into the stands with two outs like that play specifically is lay is writ written out in the rule book for yes this is an error and yes it's two bases uh, this, so, you know, it must've burned a couple of people in the past. Yeah, definitely. I, I kind of remember a similar a situation, Joe, at the old stadium, Alex, Cole, Alex Cole was playing a center field against Kansas city. In fact, there was a ball hit out to him. He caught it and he thought that the inning was over and he came running in. And, and I think George Brett was on second base and he scored from second base. And, uh, <laughs> Hargrove was not happy. And I think it was only, there was only one out in the inning. So Alex wasn't paying attention. I don't think. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, Jose Ramirez uh, tried to blame Miles straw for not talking to him, uh, talking to Gonzalez enough, not saying, Hey, there's, there's two outs. There's two outs. Uh, <laughs> Francona said after the game that he thought it was really funny uh, with two outs in the ninth inning, Jose Ramirez, you know, put the, put the horns up, put the two fingers up and, and was really demonstrative to all the outfielders. Hey guys, there's two outs, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, so uh, it, it, you, you can laugh about it now. Francona's quote was great. When Gonzalez came in to the dugout, you know, he was first up to bat in the, in the bottom of the inning. So uh, he didn't really have a lot of time. So he, he called, called him over. They went up the tunnel and, and Tito said, Hey, you know, I haven't been to AAA in a while. It's been a while since I've been in AAA. Do they still make you get three outs down there? <laughs> and he said they didn't want to beat him over the head with it. They didn't want to, you know, make him feel bad. But he's he's never going to make that mistake again. I can tell you that. That's for sure. And like you said, it it can't. It, they want they end up winning a game, so all is forgiven. But yeah, I don't I don't think uh, uh, Gonzalez is going to forget that. I don't think we'll ever see him do pull another Larry Walker like uh, Walker did that one time. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once the ball goes into the stands, you can't get it back. You can't, you know, go and ask for it back from the fan and continue the play. It's a dead ball and the, the runner gets two bases there. Uh, all right. So sixth inning, they pull Plesak 
Uh, he's feeling good about himself. Seventh inning, they put Eli Morgan in there. Morgan just looks fantastic. He goes one, two, three. And you're thinking, well, this is a guy who can, you know, give you two innings at a time. Why isn't Morgan going to go back out there for the eighth? But instead, uh, Francona puts Trevor Steffen out there trying to get him some work. He hadn't pitched in three days, trying to get him some confidence. And after a, a couple of rough outings in the last couple of weeks, uh, Trevor, St- the, the strategy backfires. Tito said, you know, he was he was not happy with himself in the eighth inning for making that decision. Trevor Steffen uh, gives up three consecutive hits, two RBI doubles back-to-back to Whit Merrifield and Andrew Benintendi. And all of a sudden, the game is tied, and you've got to go to Nick Sandlin uh, with, with, you know, Trevor Steffen couldn't get anybody out. So uh, Sandlin comes in with a runner on base and, and has to get three outs for the inning. Yeah, just uh... – that that, uh, that was a head scratcher because as we know, you know, Stefan is struggling, uh, you know, last before that, before last night, his last four games in uh, he, he'd allowed four earned runs in uh, you know, three innings and um, and he didn't even register an out last night, last night. So he's in his last three innings, he's, he's given up five earned runs, nine hits, in five appearances over three innings. So, you know, whatever's going wrong is, you know, he's got to get it fixed. And I'm sure Tito was probably thinking, okay, you know, just get him, get him a couple outs into the inning, maybe help him get straightened out. But in a three, one game, it wasn't like they were winning for eight to one. And uh, you know, that was, that was a, that was a nail biter. Right. Yeah. And uh, it helps with when uh, Sandlin turns in a, a nice defensive play, uh, to get a, a double play, a ground ball back to the to the mound, and he goes five uh, one five three. He throws to Ramirez, who turns the the play across the diamond. Helps when you've got Sal Perez uh, trucking it up the first baseline to be able to turn a double play like that. Uh, but Francona credited Sandlin. He didn't back down. He went in there, competed. Sandlin's been struggling with the strike zone as well. Uh, you know, and these are two important arms that that need to get uh, need to get right. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if we see Sam Hench's pitch uh, Tuesday night uh, at, at some point, just because, you know, he's another guy who needs to get a little work in. So uh, the, the bullpen, you know, gives the lead away, you know, tie ball game. We go to the bottom of the eighth inning and uh, there's Gonzalez again. He comes up and in sort of a, a move to atone for uh, the, the goof that really didn't hurt the guardians in the, in the sixth. Uh, he, he singles and keeps the inning alive and and that brings up, um, Andres Jimenez and wow, uh, Jimenez has been putting together some really good at bats for the guardians in uh, late in ball games. Yeah. I mean, I saw that swing when he, and when he hit the home run, I thought it was a sacrifice fly, Joe. I thought, okay, you know, they they get the win, they get the go ahead run here. That ball just kept going. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in a, in a streak of games where we've seen, you know, Ahmed Rosario just hit, you know, really square the ball up and hit it right on the screws and not go out. We've seen it a couple times. I mean, uh, you know, Jimenez's ball just kept going to dead center. I mean, that was, that was a shot. Yeah, it was down and, and it was 97 mile an hour sinker and it was down in the zone. And that's where Jimenez likes it. You know, those, those balls down below the belt where he can drop the barrel head and swing through it. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Ahmed Rosario twice in that game. We all thought Rosario had had balls that were that were gone. 
you know, the, the sound coming off his bat, it sounds so good. And he hits the ball so hard uh, and, and backspins it uh, both times. The ball just seemed to die on the track. I, uh, Ahmed Rosario and Framil Reyes both have had more balls die on the track this year than I think I've seen in, in the last three seasons. Uh, but for some reason, that ball Jimenez hit just kept carrying. Like you said, I had actually looked down and was going to start writing sacrifice fly on my uh, score sheet. And then I looked back up and the ball's hitting off of the, uh, the, the trees beyond the wall in, in center field. Uh, it was, like you said, it was, it was impressive. The, the, the swings he was putting what Francona said about Jimenez after the game is last season that at bat wouldn't have happened because he would have taken the first two at bats of the game and his, his problems that they were, he was having with high fastballs there. And that would have just snowballed for the rest of the game. And, and he's able to make uh, adjustments on the fly in game. Now it seems to have slowed down for him and uh, he's, he's become a much more dangerous hitter late in ball games. It's the second time he's hit a home run uh, that put the, the guardians ahead after the eighth inning. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a, that's an interesting thing. Interesting comment by Francona. And the thing that gets me, Joe, is, you know, you look at Jimenez and, I mean, he looks like he weighs about 170 pounds, doesn't he? Looks like he's 14. I know. He's young. He's he's not that big. And to generate that kind of power and that bad kind of bat speed, you know, that, that, shit, that tells you there's something in there that, you know, that the Indians, I mean, the Guardians have to keep uh, kind of mining. They have to keep getting that out because – uh, this kid could be a pretty good player. And and I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, I, th- I think it's not a coincidence. I I think the fact that he's also playing a little more shortstop as well, you've, you've got the flexibility with uh, Rosario being able to play left field and you're playing him at a position where he's comfortable and that gives him a little more confidence. Uh, I think with Jimenez, it's all about confidence. He is a, a really quiet sweet nice guy then you're you're not gonna you know he's not super fiery or or or, or you know he, he's the anti-josh uh nailer i guess uh, you you'd say but uh it, you're not gonna get you want him to be confident sort of quietly internally and make sure he's there because when he is he's producing at the plate you've seen when when he got to play shortstop out in oakland for for three days when he was just going to get the position for you know, he knew where he was. He was swinging the hottest bat out there. So uh, a lot of confidence for Andres Jimenez right now. Um, and, and the Guardians offense, you know, that's that's how they have to win games. That's how they have to look. They scored seven runs. When they score seven runs, I think they've won 16 out of 18 games uh, where, where they've done that. So, uh, you know, just a lot of fun uh, to, to come to the park uh, for, the, for the next two days just because they're they're able to do that. Yeah, that was encouraging. That was, uh, you know, you, you've got Ramirez kind of leading the way, and then he's finally getting some help, too, from the rest of the lineup. Then again, it was against Kansas City, who at 16-31 and 31 is tied with Cincinnati for the worst record in baseball. So you got to take that uh, for what it's worth. Uh, um, but but this team has shown, you know, they can play with the Houstons. They they scored runs against Houston. They, 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 can, they can be competitive, and I think that's – that's where Chris Antonetti, where uh, Terry Francona wants them to be, is competitive, not just sort of giving in and, and you know, mailing it in while, while the young players learn and develop at this level. All right. Yeah, uh, they picked up a game and they're just six and a half out. They picked up a game on the Twins. 
the twins, you know, had to put Royce Lewis on the IL. They had to put a Correa on the IL, Joe Ryan on the IL. So who knows, Joe, maybe, maybe it's all coming together. Hoinsey. It's all, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, Cal Quantrill tonight, uh, Daniel Lynch, the lefty for uh, Kansas City, will go uh, for the Royals. Cal Quantrill, I think, what, seven support runs in his last seven outings. Uh, just been a real struggle for the offense every time Cal Quantrill pitches. So uh, maybe we'll see something there. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get back to uh, being able to, to put some runs across the plate. And, and really, Quantrill has been lights out in his last, you know, four or five starts. Yeah, he's been really good, and he's – you know, he he deserves a better fate for sure. <laughs> All right, Hoinsey, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, talk to you then.